0: I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. And we finished watching all of X-Men, the animated series.
1: Wolverine, call me still, please. Back
0: when we were young.
1: hold on back back it <laughs> on up for a second so okay when was our first episode
0: okay our like, very all first together. episode yeah our very first episode of this podcast came out on march 14th 2017 wow and we watched pride of the x-men which is a failed tv pilot it wasn't right. for x-men the animated series it was fun but well technically it inspired it was connected. x-men the animated series and we recorded our first episode about x-men TAS on march 28th 2017 or rather that's when we that's when we released it god only knows when we recorded it
1: and that's a good question i don't know when we recorded anything back then because the way we did things well you just
0: look at our google calendars it's not like that's a huge well history. i mean that's
1: true i've got it's like the anniversary date on there it's really not uh, it, but I, I enjoy talking about how we started because i've i talked about it on i think in the last episode about how. We were doing Insomniacs in the morning as a live, mm-hmm. a, a weekly live show that we also Which released I don't as a podcast. Think is
0: available anywhere anymore because we stopped paying for hosting fees because we're not the YouTube made of money. channel <laughs> is. But <laughs> okay, occasionally, okay, I think about enough.
1: posting the podcast to I don't know the Patreon or something. You
0: would have to. We would have to like pay for hosting again. And I mean, the YouTube clips are there for anybody who wants. And they to really are, and they were,
1: it was fun. But a lot of our listeners have written in, and they said, you know, even back then, you could tell that it was transforming into an X Men series unbeknownst to us well
0: i feel like it was known to us because that was the thing we did afterwards uh, w- the morning show was just kind of like a general pop culture show where right. we just talked about whatever we were watching or into at the time and i do kind of miss talked that about like exercise routines we had yeah. and it was basically just like us shooting the shit the we show. were shooting
1: the shit. Because since we're open about everything on the show, both Maddie and I were, like, battling really horrible depression and some life shit at the That's time. That's true. And it was kind of this idea that we were like, let's do something positive once a week. And it truly, truly helped.
0: Yeah. I feel like that show was not really intended for public consumption in a way. Like, we were fine with people watching it and enjoying it, but we really weren't trying to... To make a show that like had a theme or made sense, we were like, "If you want to hang out with us in the morning, you can." But like, it's really just something we're doing for the two of us. Whereas this show
1: became more critical I, I mean, and more it, real. I guess it's
0: yeah, I guess it's sort of like debatable as to whether it began with that intention, but I would say it did. Like, no, I, it definitely did. I, we had a specific goal in mind, which we've largely stuck to. Although I would say the show has changed a lot since we oh started my God. watching it has. the interview I mean, series, there's but, a changed
1: in a few different ways. I mean, one the format itself changed very recently in the past like couple months when we decided that we were going to start releasing more videos and podcasts weekly which has been fun and i enjoy doing that but also i think when we went into this we were going to look at this show through the critical lens and also kind of be funny and i I vaguely remember how hard that was to do for the first season not because of the the show itself but because like i was sitting there trying to be like tried to be put on the serious the serious hat for once after we had just done Insanity X in the morning. And I right. think we managed pretty well because I think it was hard tough for me, at least, to start making that balance happen. But going out of the last few episodes, I feel like we've obtained that. And it has also, also not just been... A, a show about reviewing this and looking at it through the critical lens but it's become very much us projecting not only like world politics but especially like queer politics for us in there and
0: and like our politics and, and like also our own experiences fictions, like
1: everywhere <laughs> it is I yeah mean, people have called it's so funny because we've had our our followers write in and say things like oh you know but according to the mutant ages canon which is <laughs> like now something I'm physically writing into the renewal segment. So, I mean, I think it's funny how how something can expand. And I think that's true of any show you work on. If you want to see your show grow and you really want to see it happen, you have to be adaptive to change. And I will be the first to admit that on this show, <laughs> I've been I can sometimes be really great about changes. Sometimes I'm very stubborn and Maddie has been lear- has learned to be patient with me because she knows that I'll cover on. Sometimes it'll be a day. Sometimes it'll be a week. I think what so recently it was years. Like, Yeah, I think I don't even remember what the one that was recent that I was like, oh, we should do this and you're like, I literally suggested that a year ago. I was like, <laughs> I have an idea. It's like fucking Timon and Pumbaa and Pumbaa's like has an idea and he says something and He's like I have an idea and like am
0: I Pumbaa in this situation that sounds I guess, right
1: yeah I think by so by the way the
0: idea that you were talking about was an X-Men musical that you were like Maddie we should write an oh, X-Men Men right. musical which was an idea that for the record I had like seven years ago so <laughs> if we ever write an X-Men musical just let it go down in history that I had the idea first and also who better to write such a musical than Ryan and I anyway this is not th- that well, was not the point of what I was saying I was not not actually oh, trying yeah, to talk I about that. Us. Sorry. No, it's fine. I don't. I feel like it's that's kind fine. of unpreventable because what I was gonna say is that I feel like the show, our show, had to change because of what X Men: The Animated Series turned out to be. Like, I truly yeah. didn't think this was gonna be that political of a show at all. I mean,
1: I did.
0: Like, I, I... thought it would be, we'd get into it a little bit, but like, I didn't think it would be to the extent that it has. been Become
1: okay. So for me, I think it has been. I knew that there was going to be politics in there, and that's why I wanted the politics section in there initially because I wanted to tear that out. But then we ended up doing it like throughout the episode, and then doing it again at the end of the episode. So we can that idea. But I knew going into it because I'm such like X Men is my thing. Like it's like the there's a lot of things I'm a big fan of, and I have a lot of like you know fan base for. But uh mm-hmm. I think X-Men's the biggest but X-Men's one. X-Men's
0: like the main one for you. It yeah. is.
1: And so like obviously in the comic books they've had an effect on me and the cartoons and even the the movies, even when they're shitty. You know. So I I kind of knew that I was gonna be like that. But I have found through this show that it, it runs so much deeper that even I had like it that my perspective of that has changed a little bit. Like it runs so much deeper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because It's not just me looking at politics, but now that I looked at it through the critical lens, I was like, holy shit, this is some, like, really dark shit. And in some ways, it has actually opened up me to be even more liberal (laughs) and socialist than I was before, Uh, I think. I I really do. I I mean, like, I mean, given everything that's going on in the world now, but I, I... because, okay, so for anybody that doesn't know, the Mutant Ages and in Insomniac's in the Morning was, like, hot off the press of when Maddie and I had to stopped working for Kineticon, which was a convention we both worked for. And I was, through cosplay, the cosplay events there, and also through um, when it was the last two years there as the the vice president, um, mm-hmm. you know, I got really involved with, like, LGBTQ community stuff because I had never done that before. Like, I didn't, like, my... My intro to that was, like, through conventions in my, like, mid to late 20s, basically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's when I started to be like, oh, maybe activism is a good thing. Maybe I should not hide who I am. Right. And then we went into, so, like, that's where I was when we started this show. And since then, I have become very open on social media and with people. Like, I just bought a gay pride flag, which I had never done before, because I was, it wasn't that I was embarrassed, but we're still from that generation where, like, it was, It was scary. It was scary to come out when we were kids. Yeah, and
0: I mean, I was bullied as a kid and, you know, called a dyke and so on. And, like, I certainly didn't feel comfortable with who I was when I was a teenager at all. I mean, we joke around about it on this show, but... But, I mean, it's real. It's it's very real. And, I mean, it's it's also very true, at least in my life, that, like, watching the X-Men movies was a huge deal for me and being like wow this is like a story that is about that experience and very much so it's an allegory it's an analogy but it's it's speaking to me in some way and i'm i connected with it a lot because of that i mean we've we talk about it all the time on this show but anyway continue yeah
1: well i mean i i'm not saying that i uh, first of all i agree with you i think this tv show this cartoon probably has done it the best out of all the media that has portrayed the x-men to be honest with you I, I feel yeah. like the movies kind of lo- loses it after the first film right but you know I guess like, I said I'm like I, I was somebody that was out to my friends and family if somebody asked me I'd be like yeah I'm gay or whatever but I was never like I always did that thing where I was like I, I'm gay but you can't really tell which that is such bullshit and that's like such mm-hmm. bullshit that I was falling back on to protect myself and you know, even though, like, I was so inspired by the X-Men even back then, and clearly through, like, some of our old fan fiction, you know, I right. I, I wasn't as comfortable about it, you know? I and get it,
0: that, though. I, I'm also, like, as a bisexual person, I, like, dated men many times, and there were... S- many, many years of my life where I was just like, yeah, people are just assuming I'm straight and I'm not going to correct them because it doesn't really matter to me. And like that part of me doesn't matter. And it's not like important to tell people that. But at this point in my life, I feel so differently about it. Like, yeah, I'm dating a girl now, but like just in addition to that, I'm like, it's really important to just be open about who you are because then other people are more comfortable being open about who they are. Even if you feel like it doesn't matter, it actually does really matter it does and
1: that's a fair point i mean i definitely remember like i definitely have always felt comfortable with who i am and like you know i think i've always had that confidence and that's why i've worked with so many people that i've gotten to like be themselves around but you know like as i said like i it was like probably in the last 10 years i started getting into all this and this show really like, I don't know, this podcast has helped.
0: I mean, I feel like this podcast has helped me too in a lot of ways because it's probably the first example of a time when I hosted a show. I mean, when I've obviously been doing journalism for a really long time and uh, for a while <laughs> yeah, for a while i didn't really talk that much about my personal life in my work right and i i just felt weird about it or like any anytime yeah. that i did do it i would be like That's super fair. careful about what i would say because i'm like the more information i share about myself the more cause there is for people to attack me and right. that was a huge reason why yeah. i didn't really talk online about being a queer person because i was like this is just another thing that people Same. can attack me for so i'm not really gonna bring it up and it's also not very important for i think me it was, to i it think
1: it was tougher for you well, okay, so I have ways I can relate to this too. But first, I want to say I think it's tough for you because you were like one of the first pretty open journalists to be working in the gaming industry. You like you were in that like first batch that like, got attacked by like Gamergate and shit. So yeah, yeah, so I get I mean, it.
0: Gamergate was a part of it, but like even before that, I was definitely like I'm going to be really careful about what I share about myself online yeah, because exactly, like for the same reason, I share is up for attack because like part of it is like being a woman in a male dominated industry, but also part of it is like, that's the fucking internet for you. So like, there's a combination of things. So like this show, it kind of forced me to realize, like, as we were watching X in the animated series and like talking about queer issues with every episode, like, I really got to give props to you, Ryan, because you were the person who was like, we need a section in every episode to talk about how gay the X-Men are. And like, <laughs> I I was I feel like I entered into this show like so much more embarrassed about that side of it and being like, that's silly. And like, I don't know if I want our show to be like talking about that stuff, which I. I'm so glad that we did We that. did do that. And, and I, that, like, I'm so we glad are just that our. We're so unabashed in our hominess <laughs> like, at this point that, like, we just don't give a shit anymore. But I feel like it, it really didn't start that way for no, me. No, it didn't. And, like, it, Same here. It, it's been, like, sort of a process of us, like, loving ourselves, but, like, through watching episodes of the show. Is, which is
1: crazy to think about that. And I think, I think our listeners have said this about the show, too, but, like, at some point, we came, it became. A very politically heavy show, but also we became a very gay, uh, show. gay show, but <laughs> sex positive show. Like, yeah. I, don't, I didn't realize until we were doing this, and now that we're going into year three, that. The, the yeah. idea of people even looking at sex as a bad thing was really a thing. And then and I realized that I was one of those people. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny. I didn't mind writing a fan fiction or <laughs> flirting during like a show or whatever. Like, you know, yeah. when we did our stage shows, which by the way, mm-hmm. that's why I relate to you is that I was back when we were doing all these, these stage shows because we did a lot. We did we a did. lot of shows. We did and a lot a lo- of
0: like in character fan fiction, basically. Right. And I
1: had like a lot of people... Following me because of that and they would like find me in real life and i was always really mm-hmm. nice to them because i i think it's really important to be good to your fans if they're supporting you but right. like for the same reason i was not very open about what my life was and because of this show not only have i been open about being gay and really open about that and open about how i feel about sex and all that um i feel like i've opened up about a lot of other things this show has really led me into talking about my anxiety and my depression and my OCD and like and all like this other stuff
0: and all these yeah, other it, things. Once, yeah. once we start
1: talking about trauma on here, it was this show that opened up a an opportunity for me to talk at Arisia about dealing with that kind of trauma, which is the first time I talked to a, like a group of strangers about it, which was admittedly very hard, but like because of all that and because of us doing insomniacs in the morning in this show it was like, okay, I need to invest in some self healing and stuff. And I have practiced a lot of meditation and i know you have too and like yoga Mm -hmm. and all that and it has helped a lot but this show has helped a lot for me to be like no like before somebody would say something i'd be like i'll just let it go even though like they're clearly saying something bigoted and wrong now i'm like no you're fucking wrong you need to like shut the fuck up like you know (laughs) i'm I'm ready to fight i guess and I, i got a lot of that from doing this and yeah i think it was really nice to have not just the support of you, Maddie, but to have all these listeners, because I'm looking at how many people not only listen to the show, but write in and contact us online and tell us how meaningful the show is to them. That mm-hmm. Then I sit there, I'm like, I want to talk more about these things, because if I can share my experiences for other people to consume and not feel alone in and feel, you know, like... Feel like they have somebody by their side. I think, and for me too, it's not just like like me doing it for other people. Like it is, that's a big part of it. But knowing that people know the experiences that I've also had myself is a big thing. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just trying to say that I feel like X Men: The Animated Series, in addition to being so much better than I thought it would be, I feel like it has made me more comfortable with myself which is a wild thing to say about a piece of media especially like as a critic and like i certainly will acknowledge that the show has problems and there are certainly many disappointing episodes that we've analyzed in extreme depth on this show and we we can go over some of them um as we talk about it but like really looking back on the past three years of my life like thinking about this show the podcast but also like the show that we have predominantly watched thus far and like i'm just like wow i feel like I've changed a lot as a person and a Same critic here. and like as someone who exists online and like the version of myself that I'm feel comfortable presenting to the world has changed a lot to
1: present to anybody. Yeah.
0: And like that is kind of wild to me and a really cool thing about the X-Men. <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs> I mean, It, it the just X-Men. sounds
0: corny, but it's like, it just is true. I mean, it's like in a lot of cases, these were politics I already had and I already felt, but like, analyzing this show and talking about sometimes about the problems and like things where I'm like it could have done this even better or or talking about things that I think it did really well, where I'm like surprised and amazed that a kid's show was doing it. I've just been like, the show is like really crystallizing a lot of my thoughts about like what media can achieve, how you can have a storyline that is an analogy for a queer experience and like not have it be corny or like adapting that experience in a negative way. Like in many cases, I'm like, this is a, a really interesting commentary on some experiences I can relate to and That's just been really cool. And like, I can recommend watching the show or at least a hell of a lot of episodes of this show that, like, before we did this podcast, I probably would have been like, yeah, it's pretty fun. It's a pretty silly show, but like, it's got some cool apps. But like, now that we've analyzed it so hardcore, I'm like, this show is important and meaningful to me now. And I'm glad that I watched it and analyzed it so much. And in
1: a way that, I don't think other 90s shows actually quite achieved, but wanted to. And it, this yes. definitely had some of those weird 90s problematic of issues course. with it. But for what it's worth, I think it does it way better than anything else. You know, I'd like, I, I, I feel that it says a lot when you can go back and watch a show 20 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, 25 years ago, yeah. and be like, it still stands up and it's still relevant. And it's even more powerful now watching it as an adult, as it was for a kid. And also, that they were able to take these comic books and translate them into something that would be... I mean, we, we criticize this a little bit sometimes about like how sometimes it would just be too compact to be like, this is going too fast for me. Right. Because it would be such an exhibition dump. But I think that the fact they were able to take those, which, if you go back like and reading those comics, which, uh, you know, obviously I have, and I think you've read a lot of them at this point, too, mm-hmm. they're, they're much darker than what the TV show can even portray. Like, it is... Totally. It, it is... I mean, there, it is some dark shit that the X-Men deal with in the X-Men comic books and that they were able to translate it for kids in this 90s TV show and it's still dark and i think like sometimes the only thing that keeps it from being dark is wolverine saying something stupid or like ropey like like,
0: jubilee or whatever or they
1: they add like a music stand where it's like and it's like talking about like somebody dying you know it's like it's very i kind of wonder if we ever have that opportunity to speak with some of the people that worked on this show if like if they presented different versions of this show Mm -hmm. or the the studio would send it back and be like, no, you need to make it more kid friendly. So they just add right. some like trombone noises here and there, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, having read at least the first half of that book that we refer to all the time on this show that the showrunners wrote, wrote, um, I do know that they push really hard for the show to be as political as it is. And and as outspoken as it is, which I mean, in 1996, I'm sure that was a very different journey than it would be now. And yeah. that's, it, that just is part of why I'm like, it's wild that I can still recommend this show. And, i i don't know i i'm i guess we can go back and like try to talk about the show from the beginning i don't know how you want to approach this well
1: okay so i wrote down a bunch of questions but i think you know before jumping the questions i think going to the beginning is a good idea i think talking about how something that uh, that really affected us especially watching the final episode of the series and Mm -hmm. because i mean we both had such an emotional reaction to it and i think part of that is exactly what we're just describing we're this show helped us be more comfortable with ourselves. And so by the end mm-hmm. of it, we were just sobbing. But <laughs> I think you also look at the, the journey of what this show even is where like the very first episode opens up with these freedom fighters that at, for the most part, they're fairly new and they're not very well organized. Right. Right. And right. they, the first thing that happens on one of their break-ins to they're I mean, they're freedom fighters, they're activists that are trying to sab- sabotage, these people that are going to create weapons to hurt mutants specifically. Right. I mean, the that is what's happening is creating right creating those
0: weapons specifically. Like, it's not just anyone. Like, these are yeah. sanctioned robots out to kill They're mutants. out to
1: kill mutants. And the first thing that happens is that one of their teammates dies. And, like,. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to what was it, um, Voltron? Remember the old Voltron when somebody died, the one the characters dies, and it just happens off screen in the background, yeah. and that's kind yeah. of like what happens. But then what we see in this show that I, I, I think only really Legend of Korra and Steven Universe have completely followed up on. I think I don't mm-hmm. know. I think maybe Adventure Time to some degree, but the level of how they portray these characters' emotions and dealing with trauma throughout the show, yeah, and what the trauma has even caused by. For, you know for this it's you know Morph dying but other times it can be other things like you know Storm surviving an abusive relationship where this guy was trying to enslave her And other people again, or
0: Storm remembering like any number of other horrific things she's gone through.
1: Yeah, or like anything that happens to Logan at any point in time throughout this show. <laughs>
0: or like Rogue, for example. like yeah, with her father kicked out of of her house, and like all of these characters are just sort of different versions of a similar story where like they have they come together as a family because. They have no one else.
1: And that is truly what the X-Men in comic book form truly, truly is too. Yeah,
0: but I mean, this show does it in... In a cool way, by like focusing on Jubilee, and honestly, like looking back on the show, Jubilee freaking rules. And
1: I don't know what the problem is with people on Jubilee <laughs> because there was not a single episode in here that I disliked Jubilee in. And I,
0: she's amazing. Everyone was wrong. She's just I straight mean, like, up f- amazing. Jubilee's Fairy
1: Tale Theater, which is not a great episode. She's not even the problem with that episode. In fact, if anything, she's the only reason why that episode even works. You know yeah, what I mean?
0: I do know what you mean. And honestly, like the other character that I feel like was redeemed by both of us as adults. Is Rogue, which is a character that we made fun of mercilessly, mostly because of the southern accent, and it's so fun to imitate Rogue's southern accent. Which obviously we do on this show all the time. But I feel like at a certain point, both of us fell into the trap of being like, you know, Rogue's really hot and she has the southern accent, she must be stupid. But like, if now, you actually watch the show, that. We, it's like
1: not. That. We also did that thing all the time where we were like. Oh, Ganonbit, bit, you can look at me, but you You can't can't touch, touch. but I'm going to put on this bikini sugar, but uh uh-oh, don't go too close (laughs) to me. And then She doesn't really do that at all on this, honestly. She feels very uncomfortable in her own skin throughout this, and I don't know where we got that from so much as I think we were just teenagers it's
0: funny and like we were horny teenagers who like had this sort of fan fiction interpretation of rogue and all these characters which is completely fine and makes total sense but like watching it as an adult i'm i'm more impressed with the subtlety of the portrayal of somebody like rogue and all the other characters for that matter but like really rogue and jubilee stood out to me so much more on re-watching this show than i expected either of them to
1: okay so i think this is a good opportunity to start jumping into all these questions because I have a lot of them. So, Go Ella, do you have do you have more? Do you want to say on no, that? No, because no, I think no, I fine. think it's I think it's gonna lead into that. So I have. There we're gonna talk about the characters on the show first, and I think the first thing I want to ask is, and there's a, be prepared for you to get a slightly different question after this. But the first question I have is, I don't know. I don't know which to, which way to pose this. Okay, so I'm gonna pose both questions. Okay. So, who is your favorite character on this show? And the follow up question is. Which character did you fall in love with for the first time watching this show? Does that make any sense? Like somebody you, that really, really like stood out to you. Like you have your favorite character, but then there's like another character that you really, really loved for the first time in rewatching right. this.
0: I feel like I feel like Rogue is definitely the answer to the second question in terms of a character yeah. who I liked just fine but watching this show I guess I guess
1: also the question involves why <laughs>
0: Right, right, right. I, I mean I liked Rogue fine as a character previ- previous to this I feel like a lot of the more recent comics I've read with Rogue I, she hadn't really stood out to me that much like I, I you know I certainly remember comics in the 2000s where she was uh, she just came off as silly to me for a variety of reasons and I mean her character's done so many different things over the years I feel like I didn't really appreciate her but this show is depicting the cool Version of the rogue of Rogue, which is part of why I've been going back recently and reading all these like 80s-era comics about the original rogue, like the version of Rogue who like is um a villain at first and steals Captain Marvel's powers and so on and so forth. That version of Rogue who's complicated.
1: Well, I think she has always has been that way. You know, she's always been kind of complicated.
0: She she is, but I feel like uh, many of the more recent rogue comics that I remembered as a teenager, perhaps unfairly, would be like romantic storylines that I just, like, wasn't as interested in, which I I don't know if that was me being fair or not, but I sort of, like, had her pigeonholed as a certain type of character and, like, didn't really see how much more there was to her. And I feel like this show is... It certainly presents that side of her like, yeah, it's like you can look, but you can't touch. And that's like what people say about Rogue and, and think about her. And it's like what the Mojo Vision episode joke is about her is like, oh, Rogue is so sexy, but you can't touch her. And like, that's the assumption people make about her. But I feel yeah. like in watching this show, I've sort of been like, that is like the stereotype of Rogue, that's like not the full picture of who she is as a person and how difficult her life is and also like how fucked up it is that she like absorbs people's memories and like yeah. not just their powers, but like their being.
1: She absorbs everything, you know? And it's like sometimes, sometimes those Carol Danvers will just wind up inside of you and you're like, how do you deal with that? Yeah. And then it's something that never happened on the show is that nobody was able to help her at right. any point in time, except, except for eventually Jean Grey did something
0: yeah and, and, but i feel like a lot of the story about rogue on this show and like in these old comics i'm reading is about like a woman who's trying to accept herself which maybe that just speaks to where i'm at now as a person more than it spoke to me as a teenager i don't know
1: i think for me with rogue in that sense is that i think that something that i really enjoyed about her and watching this and maybe realize what, what i loved about comic book rogue is that she is tough and there's so many times in this series where she is like gonna like just straight up be done like there's so many moments in this show where she's just standing there and everyone's like trying to discuss what they're gonna do and like what they're doing and then the guy attacks her like now what we should do and rogue's like we're just gonna punch them okay like (laughs) there's too many times in this show where finally rogue's like i'm fucking done and then, like, that whole thing with Omega Red, where she's, like, sitting there, she's like, i am fucking done it. Everyone's like, no, no. you'll die. <laughs> and she just goes into the water, tears out the sub, saves everyone, and, like, kills Omega Red. She's like, that was pretty easy, honestly. And it's yeah. like, or that time with the Friends of Humanity where, like... one dude just runs up and shoots them and she's like I'm fucking done and she throws them into a dumpster you know
0: yeah I mean there's so many moments like that with Rogue on this show but there's just also all these quiet moments with her and like introspective moments where she's like you know I was kicked out of my house as a kid I just want to be loved like I have this weird relationship with my mom and like all this trauma around that and like I've just been looking for a family obviously we haven't even gotten into Xavier yet and all of our thoughts on him but like (laughs) that's that makes Rogue more sympathetic to me because I'm like she just keeps ending up in these situations where she just wants to be loved but also like she has all this trauma and like this mutant power that is like inhibiting her ability to just experience a human thing of of touching somebody else and i don't know i just find that so much more interesting as an adult and that surprised me i think
1: that's also why weird Magneto and Rogue relationship happens all the time in the comic books because he's he is certainly older than she is and right. yeah, even though he, I, he doesn't really age which i guess that's kind of like its own thing but i think that that relationship happens because i think Magneto is sort of th- maybe the only adult who has been willing to address that part of rogue and be like, it's okay to feel those things and to feel that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't necessarily abuse her. I think there's some, there's some manipulation going in there because I, I don't know. I, it's weird, but I do think it happens because she's, this is somebody who is willing to accept her, vulnerabilities as it is and be like it's okay to feel that you know it's a it's okay to feel that anger where you know i think professor xavier just kind of like tried to shut it down you know and so did mystique and so did her father you know i think that's why it happened so yeah i don't know i think that's a good way to think would you do you think she's also your favorite character on the show
0: I don't think so. I'm I'm really torn on that question because I feel like it Wolverine be more than one. Wolverine and Storm is a hard decision for me to make there. I I feel like I went in expecting Wolverine to be my favorite character and then I like remembered also like I also really like Storm and there's a lot of really good Storm comics and that wasn't like something I discovered from this show per se. Yeah. That was more just like me being like, Oh yeah, I really like Storm. I like when she's leading the X-Men. I really like the moments on the show when they let her do and that And they allow her to be it, like, strong. Reminds yeah. me of other comics where she's gotten to do that. This version of Wolverine is also so definitive that it's like hard to separate from anything else for me and just be like, Well, this like is Wolverine in such a Yeah, iconic I mean, he's doing way. Really,
1: he's sitting there and he's like sobbing to speaking about characters that deal with trauma and like emotions, mm-hmm. Wolverine is the most Emotional one on this. I I mean it's like almost it's not even like a joke, but he is so emotional on this. I don't think it's so interesting to me that he was front and center of everything, and he was like portrayed as a total badass because like that is the image that he wants to portray as a character. Mm-hmm. But I don't think like at any point in the show he actually really did anything. Do you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like he he yeah. would, he would go head first into a battle. Like he was so bullheaded, he'd run into a battle take out a couple guys and then he'd get like knocked out or like put in bondage almost immediately every single time like Mm -hmm. he was always the first one to get wiped out and then he'd also be the first one to have like a complete emotional breakdown and also had like a thousand exes like it's very interesting because you know he's a super masculine character so at the time you they tried to present super masculine characters to boys to be like oh this is what you should be but i actually think he's a good example because he's masculine and like badass but he's very emotional and like struck with trauma and he like cries a lot and expresses this that no other like male characters at that time did you know
0: yeah I mean I think that's a huge reason why we like wolverine so much is wolverine your favorite do you think
1: okay so i have a couple answers i do think that in rewatching watching the show I'll, I'll tell you who my who i who i really fell in love with in a second but in rewatching the show yeah i do really enjoy wolverine on this show um i think for everything that i just listed are the reasons why i love him it, it's good to see somebody express that kind of emotion in a way that no other character has i also still love jubilee and mm-hmm. i I feel vindicated in knowing that Jubilee is a great character in this but it is also kind of weird because I love comic book Jubilee who is slightly different from this variation because this version of Jubilee is also a little Kitty Pride mm-hmm. so you know I don't think I realized how much Kitty Pride must have influenced me also at that age right but I do like everything I feel like Jubilee was the most relatable for me for sure but I think the character I fell in love with in this show this time around was beast honestly i like i
0: oh yeah good answer
1: i really like his arc I, at, at the beginning of it we were always like goofing around be like "Beast, stop quoting like fucking hamlet in the middle yeah, of this yeah, battle yeah but, but like, I, we I love i, it I really i really <laughs> love that he is such a nerd like he is such a nerd and he's like always so nerdy and he like he just kind of embraces that about himself because I think it's like for whatever reason he just kind of embraces as much of himself as he can but like I don't know it's like I really love that he is the way that he is like I I just I you know I've always liked Beast as a character but I think the show this time around really made me fall in love with him be like you know Beast is a plot I'd like to date Beast I think he's a good guy like you know he's he's (laughs) he's I don't know you know what I mean though he's I just do.
0: I do he's very he's very endearing I mean I I also remember like sort of laughing at Beast and also sort of seeing him as a simplistic character yeah. at, at the very beginning because I was like come on Beast like why are you going to jail? Like, why can't you see this? And I didn't know that we were signing up for what was going to be five seasons of like, right. His art character development of beast, which this show does quite well. And also
1: I don't think any other characters, I think Jubilee does a little bit, Jean gets no character development at all.
0: Right. I think you could maybe argue Wolverine does. And, a little in a bit. Way.
1: I think Rogue does a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. think anything really changes with Gambit because I think in that last episode, I think it's important to mention that, uh, I, think, I think way too much, uh, that Xavier says, you know, it's okay to be the Rogue in the scandal, but also the hero. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think Gambit has reconciled that with himself in this show. But right. I, I do think that Beast has the most interesting arc because he's somebody who's all like let's do this by the system or whatever mm-hmm. and then by the as the show goes on you can tell and we kept on saying this it was like beast kept up being like fuck it like yeah. you know i i eventually he goes from being like everything's great to fuck it also i'm gonna go jerk off to my philanthropist magazine over here <laughs> you know yeah. i, I mean, go, I'll go talk to strangers awkwardly. Oh, that's the other thing I love about him. He's so socially awkward. I didn't realize how socially awkward he was. But the thing is that he like goes up to strangers and starts quoting shit at them. And they're like, who the fuck are you, Harry, dude? Like, you know, he's yeah, just. Yeah, but
0: it's like he's in this situation where he already looks so unusual that it's I like know. he has to just stop giving a fuck. Or maybe he's <laughs> just what? like that anyway. And like, maybe. he's just a friendly person. And like, it doesn't really matter what other people yeah, think I of it. Also, i love that, that he
1: walks in on like gambit and rogue and he, they'll be and, like, all hot and no sweaty perception. and he has no yeah. idea you or know he
0: knows and he doesn't care like either way it feels i don't know I, he's a very
1: endearing character and i really uh, unexpectedly fell in love with him this time around mm-hmm. that that being said we could talk about who our least favorite characters are and also which characters did we go back on this time and they did not stand up this time around so, mm. I mean, obviously, the the obvious answer here is we hate Professor Xavier. Right. So much. But
0: I, I think this show redeems that reading of him. So, like, in a lot of you ways, so? I'm like, well, I'm like, this show is just representing Xavier as the same asshole. Oh, sorry.
1: Okay, yeah, you're right. I thought you were saying that he got a redemption arc. No, and no, no, I was like, no, no, not no. really. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying we
0: were redeemed. Because, yeah, like, okay, yeah. This absolutely. show is presenting Xavier as who he is. He's I mean, a piece he's a, of shit. He's a piece of <laughs> shit. But I also feel like in many ways he's a great character because he's he's a pretty complicated character because I understand his political motivations most of the time. And I feel like I know people like that in real life who care more about meeting the president or whatever than they care about like actual change and so on and so forth. And like like egotistical, like moderate liberals, yeah. essentially, who are like, no, no, like let's care more about these things. And then also also, like all of his emotional manipulations, like he, all the
1: time, he is a like person. how many times in this episode in the TV show where he was just like uh, I, I wouldn't actually want to go into your mind. mind, but if I have to, I will. Yeah, and he's like. By the way, I, while I'm in there, I'm just going to do a complete scan of all your memories just in case. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nobody asked you to do that, dude. Yeah. But also, that time he fucking turned into like a hologram. It was, you know, torturing the X-Men. He's like, that was just the part of me that wants to kill my friends. We all have <laughs> that. It was like, no, dude, no. Yeah,
0: that was truly wild but i do i do feel like it was a good portrayal of xavier though so like even though he's my least favorite character that doesn't mean that i don't still enjoy the show because i'm like it's still well written and like he feels like a person to me and so there's something to be said for that you know
1: yeah also cyclops i tried to give him some redemption here because i think he could be interesting in the comic book but he Mm -hmm. certainly was not in this show in this show he was still i had a lot of trouble with the fun finale of this show where even on Xavier on his deathbed, after he'd been shot on TV, Magneto's standing there, and Magneto he's like, Magneto, what are you doing here? You need, you know, I was wrong, you were right. Please mm-hmm. go and like do what you gotta do. Like Xavier fucking admits that in his final hours on this TV show. Cyclops, on the other hand, is so like far on the other end he's like no we still have to do it this way yes up into the very final moment and it was like dude even xavier isn't even on your side anymore cyclops what are you doing i was i was like genuinely mad at him i was like the fuck are you doing
0: yeah but i mean that is the kind of person that he is on this show so as much as i don't like him i'm still like well it did make for interesting tv
1: Uh, what, can you tell me your opinions and thoughts on Jean?
0: Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I guess I could say Jean is a potential answer to this question in terms of characters who like on watching the show, I was kind of like, boy, this is disappointing. But yeah. it wasn't like it was a big surprise to me. Like, I right. knew that I would rewatch this show and be like, Jean is going to get short shrift pretty much. In every episode she's in. And, like, I knew that. It was kind of cool to watch the Phoenix Saga episodes, though, and be like, there is an actual storyline here for Jean that is cool. I mean, the final episode of that saga was very, very silly because they, like, got rid of the Phoenix through the power of friendship. But up until that, there was some interesting stuff in there and uh, some cool moments for Jean. I just... I I don't know.
1: Like, when she got to stand up for herself, finally, and then she's like, oh, sorry, that was just the phoenix. Yeah, but... But the phoenix just, you know, amplifies what you already feel
0: but does it though does it yeah
1: I, I am, i'm excited for evolution because i know they do a really good job with gene on that show and it's like the only time because she's barely in wolverine in the x-men so yeah
0: i think that'll be really fun for me to watch because i don't remember it at all and so i think i'll just probably enjoy that version of gene a lot but i knew i wasn't going to enjoy this version
1: yeah because she's sister she's like i sense i have i sense, I sense things people
0: nearby as we quote yeah all the time. i know yeah I, oh I, my I also, god in in contrast to Scott or Xavier where i'm like they seem like bad people but it's good writing um, in jean's case i think it's bad writing i i feel like it is a it is a failing on the part of the show that they they couldn't figure jean out as a character like they just couldn't they couldn't figure out how to put her in episodes and have it work and that's disappointing to me because i'm like there are some pretty cool comics with jean but you guys just couldn't crack it for they for whatever reason figure it out
1: for whatever fucking weird reason yeah. I, I don't know why and Obviously, we don't like Apocalypse either.
0: Right. That's a good point. I forgot he even was part of this. <laughs> but yeah, he also exists. Well, first
1: of all, I forgot to say that, obviously, in our favorite character section, Mr. Sinister. Yeah, duh.
0: I was thinking of Mr. Sinister, too. Although, I mean, he has his ups and downs on this show as well. I, I feel like there have been episodes yeah. where we've really enjoyed his portrayal. Um, like, some of the Savage Land episodes were really fun with him. And some of them were really silly. So, I mean, it's like, it's it was super hit or miss in terms of the actual portrayal of mr sinister on the show but yeah. i still enjoy everything he's in just because i think Me mr too. sinister too. i also think his voice actor was so fun so i'm just like i don't know i was willing to get on board for a lot of that
1: we we need to talk to him someday
0: that would be great
1: so characters who i didn't like rewatching the show as an adult uh nightcrawler who i fucking love and i loved him when i first watched this tv show and watched mm-hmm. it later on but He's not Nightcrawler. Yeah. He's just not.
0: I mean, he's barely in the show, for one. But
1: the two two episodes that he's in, there's so much focus on him being religious, which in the comic books, yeah, he has that, but it's such a tiny portion of who he is, actual nightcrawler is more of a showman if anything and he's Mm -hmm. very charming and he's very like ha watch me do this flip what did you think my my beautiful dear you know like yeah i think part of him does believe like he has his religious parts of him and for a little bit there he kind of explores priesthood briefly Mm -hmm. but like he's also like an acrobat he's a circus performer he's like he wants to be in the spotlight and he likes to He likes to act there's a reason why they did that recent storyline with uh, age of x-men where that version of nightcrawler was you know an actor and he was a celebrity like that is who he is like Mm -hmm, in this version it was just everything that came out of his mouth and i don't have any like like i if you are a religious person that's fine you know i'm i don't subscribe to any religion i just do my own thing with the earth but like the the amount of religious shit that pours out of his mouth constantly on this show, which first of all, like they had confidence to do that on this show, but it was just like everything. It was like, this is not who Nightcrawler is. He's not somebody that's sitting here and he's like so godstruck that he can't talk about anything else at all. You know what yeah, I mean? And it's think, just very yeah. strange.
0: I think they got very attached to the fact that Nightcrawler has these features that are sort of like a devil. Yeah. Like the 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 tail and so on. And they just really liked the idea of like this religious character who was born looking somewhat like a devil and like that tension. It's very binary and very simplistic but I can understand how for like a children's cartoon they're like that is the thing that we think is interesting and can be like summed up in an episode is like here's this priest character he looks like a devil but he's actually like a very religious man and that is the kind of person that he is and like they just because Nightcrawler isn't a major character in this show and it's only those couple of episodes that we see him in it is just that one character trait that we see which I agree it's disappointing like it is disappointing I wish that that hadn't happened to be the trait they chose but I also like on the other hand I feel like there were some interesting narratives to be had there in the mystique episode, um, about nightcrawler with like faith and like the idea of somebody hating themselves. Like there were, there were, we got into it on that episode, but like, I did. I did think that that was interesting. I don't really like the episode where Wolverine reads the Bible, but that's fine. I Other mean, that's people just can us. like it. That's just that's
1: us. <laughs> that's just us. Okay. So, Before we finish up this segment of questions and move on to the next segment, there's a few fun ones in here. Okay. The first question is, uh, who do you think the gayest character was on this show? And what was your favorite ship on the show? Like, of two characters. Okay. And this is a tough one. And first of all, we definitely think almost all the characters are gay. So there is that. We do. Inherently, I really want to say Mr. Sinister because I feel like he just, he like is a super queer coded character with the nasty boys who... I don't yeah, know, the Nasty Boys good, really... that's a good
0: answer. I mean, it's pretty hard to deny that, but... It
1: is, but but also then Magneto
0: as a character oh, in this... Oh, yeah, that's another really good answer. Xavier. Wolverine, I feel like, is a, is a case you could make, but... I
1: think Wolverine is a good pansexual character, yes, I think. Yes,
0: definitely. I feel like if you just want it, if you want it to be a gay character, I think Magneto is a good answer, just across the board, especially given the way the show ends. But I also feel like... Magneto and Xavier's relationship throughout the show is like, it's It's such a... super
1: toxic, number one. It's
0: super toxic, but it's also, it just feels so romantic. Like, it's it's hard to not see it as that kind of obsession. Right? And then
1: at the end, he's like, Jean's like, "How much do you love Charles Xavier?" And Magneto's like, "You know that I love him, bitch." And it's like, <laughs> "Okay,
0: yeah." I mean, they really just confirm everything you want them to confirm in that moment, and like, even in the very first episode where we see Magneto, Xavier manipulates him, forces him to see the Holocaust again in his mind. Like, it really just starts out toxic and it stays I mean, toxic. It really the does. Whole I mean, that's, that's
1: just how it goes. I can't but believe you even did it that. It
0: seems gay the whole time. I'll give it that much. It just seems very literal gay and It
1: does. i Also, Xavier is definitely that ex-boyfriend of yours. That like Magneto is the one that did nothing wrong in that relationship, and Xavier is. And so, whenever Xavier sees Magneto, Magneto just doesn't even want to see Xavier. He's just like passing by. They happen to be at the supermarket together. Right. Xavier is the one that, like whispers to all his friends. He's like, "That's the guy that we need to attack because he was such a dick to me." Like that's <laughs> that's Xavier. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah, yeah. totally. I think I know what your answer is for your favorite ship on the show, but mine surprisingly, I when we went into this, I was like, "It's gonna be like." Wolverine and Gambit, or Wolverine Morth. Mm-hmm. I actually really, really. I don't know what happened here, but by season three, it seems to me that Wolverine Beast just became a thing for the last three seasons. Oh, I don't yeah. know what happened there. They were definitely dating, though.
0: I really like that ship. I I like it a lot. I don't I don't even like ship it in the comics at all. I mean, I I don't even. It definitely
1: works on the show. It I totally I, works. I think it does to some degree, though, because like I Wolverine in the X Men, I think is kind of similar, where the two of them are. It's them. It's them rebuilding the X Men together.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. I think I think we're going to enjoy X Men Evolution and Wolverine and the X Men a lot. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah. Anyway, I I mean, I guess I have to say the only answer I could say, which is Storm and Rogue, which is like we weren't even expecting that. That I basically like invented wholesale after episode one of this show, <laughs> where the two of them were shopping for lingerie, and I was like, that's pretty gay. Which and I books. like. I mean, I you're right. You're they right. Were, they were shopping and for books. lingerie right, and books. Yeah, and I was like, that's just, like, me being funny and being like, it would be funny to ship these two characters, but, like, because the show has such a determination to have these two women be friends which in and of itself is awesome and i love that the show does that for them because they're very different but they also have these shared experiences of trauma and like they're both really have extremely strong mutant powers and like all the stresses that come with that i don't know that friendship is awesome but also like the romantic pairing feels like it works really well on the show really and does. i don't i don't think i can make that argument for the comics like i could i don't do either but, like, i think it's not really there it's it's mostly just because of the characters they happen to choose for this show and the right, chemistry exactly. that they and have. And that's what it's
1: what it's like. Because if there were, if all the X Men were there, it would be a completely different dynamic. But it works within these seven characters instead of all the X-Men and sometimes we run into the other X-Men and they just become like weird X's instead Yeah, but that's kind of what it feels like you remember that thing with Iceman when he shows up and everyone's was like too busy masturbating to the idea that Iceman's even there even though that version of Iceman's just murdering people it was very strange
0: (laughs) it was really strange but like (laughs) because Iceman isn't really a huge part of the show we can't really like you know slot him into any of these relationships and so I feel like that's part of why we've ended up with the Logan Beast pairing and the Storm Rogue pairing because just the way that the show ended up having the chips fall because like these were the characters i mean like outside of
1: like cyclops and gene or i don't know gambit and and Broke, there are there aren't relationships on the show so then at this point you kind of have to look at what is developing between characters and it's like is it friendship or is this something more and Mm -hmm. you know for you know beast and wolverine i think it's something more and i think it's because they both handle because the, they both have this weird caged animal shit going on inside of us saying anything right,
0: right or that's how they're seen and they have to constantly battle with how they're perceived right. yeah
1: and they both deal with it differently and i think they can help each other in a way that the other characters can't help them. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, Mor- Wolverine wants to fuck Morph. Like, he just right. where's Morph? Where is
0: yeah. he? <laughs> but Morph has his own problems. Like, Morph can't really be with Wolverine in the way that Beast can. Like, the Beast-Wolverine pairing, as well as the Rogue Storm pairing, I think part of why we like them so much is because those would be healthy relationships if they existed.
1: <laughs> yeah, we actually advocate healthy relationships after Maddie and I have been through ones that are not that, you know.
0: Totally. That's a huge part of it, I think. And we certainly joke around about Mr sinister like tying people up or whatever but at the end of the day we want the characters to be happy and so like the pure ships that we want for them are like the pairings where they would actually be in an equal partnership with the other person right like that's what we're imagining you know
1: yeah all right so we'll get off characters and we'll talk about episodes a little bit so similar to the characters um our favorite what was your favorite episode and also what episode was surprisingly a lot better for you as an adult um, and before I jump to that, I can st- I can still say the episode with Nightcrawler's bloodline is still really good. That was oh, good. Yeah. I don't know if it's my favorite episode anymore after watching the whole show the way that we did, but mm-hmm. it is very good. It's one of my favorites. And I think that stood up as an episode as something that was good when I was a kid versus an adult there's a lot of episodes i thought were really good yeah the this second is a time hard around. question to answer because
0: there's so many episodes like i'm scrolling through looking and i'm like man i like don't even I know, know where to begin. Well, I,
1: for some reason i slave island always comes to mind oh yeah always i don't know why i think slave island really handled that particular politic and storyline very well for something that like as soon as you introduce the idea of it using the word slave at all on a TV show, a kid's cartoon really. And it's not a
0: euphemism here. Like they are slaves. They are enslaved in the show.
1: Yeah. No, but like, as soon as you walk that line, you have to be really careful with what you're saying, because like that is a strong term to Mm -hmm. use. And I think they do a really good job with it on there. And I think it's, I think it's, so good that it ends with Storm of all characters essentially showing up to sacrifice herself by breaking that dam to free all the slaves. Yeah,
0: but then Rogue saves her at the end and is like no, you're not gonna die here. Like that's yeah. how that episode ends, as I recall, is Rogue helping out. And like yeah. that's so great to like have this message about friendship and like these women <laughs> I don't know, I'm a cornball so I, I definitely love that ending of that episode. I, and do, I do too. Any moment where Storm gets a Moment to be a fucking badass is good in my book, but I I agree. Also, she gets to be vulnerable too. She's a cool character.
1: She is a cool character. I think there's a lot of episodes like that that we really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Proteus, I liked those episodes.
0: Those were cool. Here's the thing: I think
1: what you have to look at when we look at these is that what makes it that when we watch these as adults really good. So, like for example, Proteus, I love that episode as a kid because even though it's so fucked up. You know, I liked it because Wolverine has he has a total meltdown in it. And I I, for whatever reason, I thought that it was great that they had a big burly man doing that. Mm -hmm. But the reason why it stands up as a good two parter as an adult is that it's just so fucked up. Like I, I I never really thought about how fucked up moira McTiger is as a character Mm -hmm. and like this show really reintroduced that idea to me and i think the timing of it was really good because then house of x happened and it turns out that she can just reincarnate herself which that then means that she tricked everybody to saying that she was a she was a human that could catch the legacy virus which she did to protect who herself her son Mm -hmm. she could reincarnate so like does it really matter if she protects herself you know what i'm saying i think I, I don't know. I think she's a complicated character, but she definitely keeps her child like locked up in the basement and she's like doing experiments on them. Like, how is that any worse than what Mr. Sinister is doing?
0: it's not it's pretty much the same exact shit and I I feel like this episode that episode sort of touched on it a little bit but but mostly it was just that we were able to add in that additional context of like thinking about Moira and her larger misdeeds which yeah I I mean it's not to say the episode isn't good but I do feel like the Proteus episodes were definitely a case of like us bringing a lot more to the table politically that's that's
1: what's presented but but it's also
0: true that the episode allows for that it's like leaves a lot of stuff open and and lets you have that metaphor for like a, a queer kid of a parent who doesn't understand them and keeps trying to change them or protect them or whatever and like that reading is absolutely there in that episode and i i don't know i feel like it that's part of why it works so well is because it's like this is fucked up but also it like the episode up. leaves a lot open for you to interpret you know
1: right yeah and I, I think there's a lot of that happening in this series for sure like definitely. i definitely There were a lot of times we walked into an episode and we'd be like, I don't know how I feel about this, but it uh, quite often would turn around. Um, Sometimes it wouldn't. We can talk about that in a second, but if you look at i don't know the Stormfront episodes which we went into that and i i was so mad on that first part but then that second part was so good because it just ends with the
0: storm kicking ass yeah <laughs> yeah
1: well because the first half of it was like why are you romanticizing this guy is that is enslaving storm a black woman and like essentially manipulating her but then in the second episode it, she comes around on it and she's like these are slaves. I'm gonna kill all you. Bye. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's like and
0: free everybody before I yeah, before I, I head out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. I mean,
1: there's there's uh, which is classic for a storm. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's. I can even say what's my favorite episode versus what's better now. But I can say the last two episodes that we watched on this show, which was hidden agendas and graduation day, were mm-hmm. they hit they hit me so hard. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just like the timing of us watching the show because weirdly this entire show lined up with like i don't know it was like it was like the slow the slow climb in the past three years of like lgbtq black lives matters mm-hmm. uh women's and also rights like
0: Trump being elected in 2016 like certainly reinvigorated uh, yeah, a lot of I, leftists just like, across the spectrum and we started our show in 2017 and you can damn well bet that our anger about that was like influencing was into
1: here. I know. our
0: lives and also like the projects we were making so I mean part of why we're dealing with all of these political issues right now is like because of who's in charge in our country and that includes like you know all the politicians besides Trump as well in their decisions. <laughs> They're also complicit, but like that is influencing how we feel about the show. And it, it is sort of strange, I guess that, it, that all this lines up with that, but it's also like, this was a show that was criticizing a lot of similar issues that happened in the sixties and seventies and eighties with like the civil rights movement, the AIDS crisis, the gay rights movement. And like yeah. those people, huge pushes for change they involved a lot of people risking their lives and dying and pushing back against government policies that were bigoted and like that's what this show was about at the time so in a lot of ways it makes total sense that watching it now when we're in yet another struggle for civil rights again it speaks to us again because we're like now we're fighting again for trans rights gay rights all these things And, you know, anti-racist work, like all of these things are happening. They've never, the work never really ended, but like, we're definitely in another moment of like active protesting that like, it's going to be another one for the history books, folks. Like this is going to be, assuming humanity survives it, like this is going to be another time period that people look back on and are like making art about. So I feel like, yeah, it's been... It's been cool to just watch the show during this time, even though it was like made about something from you know four Completely decades different. ago. It's I it's know. also not. It's also like this is what humans have always been pushing for, and these are the stories that we have to tell each other in order to keep going. And like, right, that's great. It's meaningful.
1: That that and I I couldn't say any better. Would you find? <laughs> would you think there is? an episode that really spoke to you while on that level I mean
0: sure I'll, I'll shout out a couple of, of ones that we haven't mentioned yet so so I mentioned it a lot the cure episode which is actually like the beginning oh, of, yeah. a, of a two parter but that's
1: that is your slave island you I keep on going it. back to that I just yeah. like
0: it because so I feel like that was the episode where I was like this is so clearly about like gay conversion therapy and like Warren Worthington who is this character who's like very rich and privileged but like still can't get over the fact that he's a mutant and like can't move on and like i thought that story was really interesting i feel like the things they did with warren's character in later episodes were just like really silly and like kind of sad because eventually he's just so obsessed with apocalypse that it defines everything about him but at least when they start out with him i was like i really like this character and like i think this is an interesting story for them to tell with him and i'm trying to remember what the other one was that i want to shout out oh i wanted to shout out a rogue's tale because Oh we yeah, that was a really, really good liked one. That episode, and it was definitely an episode where we were like, "Ah, oh, it's going to be about Rogue." It's and just like, going to be Rogue screaming be the whole silly. time. But we ended up really enjoying that episode, and I, I feel like it probably defines our changed feelings about Rogue um, as adults, and just being like, "Wow, like Rogue had a tough life," and like uh, yeah. she's a really, really interesting and nuanced character that this show respects a lot, and that's really cool.
1: I agree with all of that, and I, I think. I think there's a lot of good character development episodes on this show in general. Mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. I think that's something that you don't really see that often. I, I, I always go back to Legend of Korra and Steven Universe, but those are the two closest things that I could think of. I know and there's, there's other so shows much out there. so more
0: recent, too. Like we, oh, I know.
1: This is a show that I was doing this like 25 years ago. That's yep. two full decades ago. Just imagine that, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, here's a fun one. So what was your least favorite episode and also what episode was the most disappointing to watch as an adult and i feel like uh. for for every good episode there was and even even the bad episodes i feel like their parts are good but i think this i think you and i can quintessentially agree. the episodes that we didn't like were always the ones where like it was just like they would go to another piece of the world and it was just weird going mm-hmm. could go sit with the eskimos or yeah. Feudal Japan, where they have no technology, or like, yeah, what I mean, the, the racist episodes
0: uh, just straight up are, are the most disappointing ones to watch as an adult because those are the episodes where I'm like, now I can't even recommend this show to people without being like, by the way, skip these six episodes. Uh, when, like, I mean, that's, that's what just is annoying. In, but the like, thing is
1: that I don't think it was ever intentionally written to be that way on the no, show. I think it was, think just it was
0: like, you know, incorrect attitudes about, like, well, let's try to include people of color, but like, based on our weird backwards ideas. Idea about what, how we're going to portray them or like, in 1992. Well, I think
1: that's, that's exactly what it was. Is it 1992, they were trying to portray more i don't know they wanted to have more more culture and they didn't yeah it's it's like everything else that was fed to us in the 90s where it was just like all kind of stereotypes you know Mm -hmm. and it was it was just i mean we always
0: compare it to it's a small world after all like the the disney disney world ride because it's like that's how it feels okay that has a much better ending
1: than some of the like (laughs) the places than this though like Russia's just gone according to x-men animated series that's a
0: whole other thing but like also also i
1: didn't enjoy any episodes that involved colossus
0: Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) we also we also largely didn't enjoy episodes that involve time travel because they all drove us insane. Like the whole Beyond Good and Evil for (laughs) quarter as well as the One Man's Worth episodes that led into it, just that was like six episodes in a row. Okay, but Days of Future Pass was actually a lot of
1: fun. The one that had both Bishop and Cable traveling back in time over on top of each other because we were laughing so hard because it really was kind of ridiculous. And Mm -hmm. I love cable. I can't. I can't even go back and be like, do I dislike or like Cable or Bishop? I think I feel exactly about them how I do in the comic books, where I think Cable's a badass and yeah. you know, he, he can and take Bishop me to bed anytime. Bishop just time. keeps
0: fucking up despite his best efforts. Okay, but you know what?
1: So does Cable. When you true, think about it, Cable's. True. I mean, Cable's the one who, as a teenager, went into the future to kill his adult self because he disagreed with what his adult self was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is that even? I, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. So, anyway, I mean. <laughs> Somewhere that's on that line is the Dark Phoenix saga where I, it's like, it was, re- there was parts of it that I really enjoyed. I mm-hmm. can't say it was my favorite or my least favorite though. Like it was just like the parts that I loved about that was when Jean got to stand up for herself and have a personality when she was able to tell people what she was feeling yes. and j- essentially just be a person and tell, tell off Scott for being a piece of shit, mm-hmm. you know? And what happens to her on this show like the dark phoenix saga is pretty good honestly but then it falls apart well first of all that space battle is ridiculous and i was yes. like i could not follow that for a second but uh-huh. <laughs> but i did enjoy uh rogue punching gladiator in the mid sentence when she's like when he's all like women can't do this and he's she just goes Bush, and he yeah. like knocks her ass, knocks on his ass out in space but I don't like what happens after that is that it's like, they didn't know what to do with Jean. So after Jean has this incredibly powerful moment where she really has this self-realization of who she is as a character and as a person and her love for her family and the people that she wants to be with and the strength that's inside of her, she like kind of floats to the ground and like Mm -hmm. can't ever use her powers again or do anything at all for the following two seasons. And I know it's because they're trying to write her in after a point in the comic books in which she would have died but it was really difficult just to watch kill that. her
0: because like, why are you doing this to her? Like, if you're going to keep her alive, then use some of the other storylines where she yeah, actually, and, like, honestly, like if we already killed
1: Morph, so it's not like the idea of death on the show doesn't exist, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I really feel like they should have killed Jean off, and I've said it a thousand times on this show, and I stand by it. I, I don't know why they didn't just kill her off at the end of the Phoenix Saga, or have her go into space, or whatever. Basically, like, the version of of getting rid of Xavier that they do at the end of the show. Like, they could have done right. something like that with her, and had it make total sense, and and work a lot better than what they did instead, which was not kill her, and just put her in the background for, like... 60 more episodes or whatever it is. Like it's a lot more episodes that she's theoretically could be in and doesn't get to do anything
1: I, I, I think it would have been great if she came out of that and had like this self-awareness of like knowing who she was and mm-hmm. that power within herself but, instead, but she doesn't she's,
0: she doesn't at all like if anything no. she becomes worse because it's like now she has to be cowed by this experience and be like oh I'll never let everything get the better of me again I, I better not I mean,
1: yeah and then of course Sarah and Scott like show up later and have that joke they're like oh I heard your wife has a temper your wife yeah it's like and they're like ha,
0: ha, ha. And it was like
1: okay that's well I mean, Corsair also can't drive a ship. So what (laughs) good is he really? So, um, okay. One last serious question before we get to the fun stuff. Um, Okay. What politic is the one that stood strongest for you? And there's so many in this that I don't even know where to start. I think, Hmm. I mean, right now, I, the one I'm feeling currently right now is just hot off of, I mean, you, okay. So hot off of the last episode with everything that's happening in the world with black lives matter and Mm -hmm. everyone standing up for the equal rights and everything that's happening and how, people are reacting to that, both good and bad, was all portrayed in the last episode, uh, Graduation Day. But mm-hmm. I think that concept that I've always said that Magneto is right is something that I've been saying since day one on the show because, you know, I really agree with a lot of his stances in the comic books. But mm-hmm. to, like, come and watch the X-Men go through all the politics and hit that point at the end where I, like, bought a T-shirt that says Magneto is right because I was, like, sitting there sobbing because I was like, oh, my God, everything we just experienced, like... Yeah. like I think that, that stood very strong for me, that, like we can't just, like, bend over and play by the rules when we are being treated like shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I think that is a very strong politic. And I think there's a lot of good metaphors in here, too. Like, everything with the The legacy virus, the phalanx, you know, Mm -hmm, whether mm -hmm. it be like a viral outbreak or if we're making the comparison to AIDS. Yeah, I think that is I think that is a really big metaphor. But then again, there's so many there's so much queer coding in this show. Yeah. You know, like I don't even know. know.
0: Yeah. I I don't know if that's what I would pick, though, interestingly enough. And and again, it's probably just because of the political moment that we're in right this second. That's biasing my answer. But but I would probably say that what has continued to surprise me from the jump with the show, and I've said it before, is the fact that the x-men position themselves against the government and against cops like at every turn because they have to because from the pilot episode of this show there's a robot that's trying to kill a teenager (laughs) in the mall and like that would be fucking terrifying like a government sanctioned military weapon essentially is policing the mall to kill a teen and like that is terrifying and yet it is also like something that this show just went ahead and put in the pilot and was like imagine a world where this marginalized class of person is like hunted down and systematically destroyed by military weapon they uh, by by a government sanctioned weapon and then it all leads up to the to the end episode which is like this character magneto who has been on the other end of a government that was taken over by bigots Um, who wanted to systematically kill a marginalized class of people, Jewish people, which he is a part of. And he sees that happen. And he's like, I've seen this happen before. I know what the signs are. I've seen gov- bigots take over a government and like have their views be carried out and see people systematically killed. I know we have to stop this at the root and we have to stop it right away. And like, he's a character who's saying that from the beginning and then at the end is proven to be correct. And like, that is, I don't know, like, I, I think it's, wild that this show even did is that. about that and is I like know. saying that and is basically like telling children like don't trust the government and laws because they might not be on your side and they might there might be laws against you existing
1: yeah i mean that's literally beast's arc on this show yeah i mean like think about that like this whole show goes through the the, the government and it goes through the systems and Beast is like no the systems are there to protect us and he discovers that no they are not there to protect right. them at and all. Xavier
0: also has that arc as well like he's very rich you know he's very privileged in many ways like yes he's a paraplegic but he's obviously like rich and, and privileged in many other yeah, ways. Until, like, yeah gets shot on then, TV. even though yeah exactly even though he is so respected and closeted he is still attacked on live television and it's like yeah. there's no amount of respectability that you can do that would be enough to impress a bigoted person and if that person is in charge of your government you are fucked and you have to just defend yourself from that right. and like I, that's I, that all such a you can big do.
1: thing and, and another another uh metaphor that you already talked about briefly was during the care with the whole conversion camp that, yeah. that happens a lot in here or mm-hmm. the friends of humanity and how yes. there are people that group together to caused they have these secret meetings and shit to be like okay like we're gonna go get mutants because we don't like that the government isn't handling it well enough so we're just gonna start lynching people like the
0: government isn't moving fast enough so we're just gonna start killing people yeah Yeah, i
1: mean that's an incredibly fucked up thing or if you even look at senator kelly who was on their side but then after he stayed by the x-men and realizes like that they're just people and like understands that and then develops a, a, a friendship and a relationship with the X-Men, I think, is a really important arc that carries over from the comic books into mm-hmm. the TV show. But
0: I feel like that arc also shows that it's more important than just one politician or one person and that like convincing people one at a time isn't enough. And like no. by the end of the show, it's like, no, the X-Men have to defend themselves violently because they are being attacked violently yeah and like that's, they need to push back and like that is where the show leaves you and it's dark, it's so true but it's also real and it's like you can't just elect the correct president or the correct senator or whatever and have everything work because like senator kelly is the president by the end of the show and yet yeah. still you see all of those things happen and like yeah. i don't know man i mean <laughs> it's really speaking to me right now I'm just I know, like same. yeah we gotta fucking do this shit <laughs> I know
1: same same here and it's I mean that's what the show does and it was designed to do and I mm-hmm. think it does it very well and it, you know I think it does the queer coding and marginalized class coding really well I mm-hmm. I, I will stand by that Yeah, I feel like there was one other politic I want to touch it. oh yeah this isn't really a politic but so much as I really commend this show for the, its ability to demonstrate trauma and To such a degree that it had us talking about it publicly and talking about our traumas, and now I am in this self this point of self healing where I am publicly telling people that I went through a traumatic experience in two thousand and seven, right? And it has affected me so so much for the past fifteen years of my life, and it's it's interesting because I think this show really helped inspire that. I mean, obviously, family and friends too, but because we kept on talking about on this show, I kept on thinking a lot about uh, thinking a lot more about it, and like. What do you do in that? And I think it's really important that they show all these different forms of trauma and how the characters de- uh, deal with it and sometimes how they don't deal with it. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes they don't deal with it and it turns them into villains on this show. You yeah. know, I think like I I definitely feel as if Mystique is a character where all her trauma just keeps on building up and she just keeps on getting into a much more violent
0: Self-protection, you Right, right. And like Rogue is an example of a character who may have started out that way, but then finds a way out of it. And Gambit is sort of a similar situation where, like, you know, he has his own situation, but he he ends up finding a family. And Wolverine is a similar deal as well. I mean, it's like they're all damaged. Right, they
1: are. And even Jubilee, who is all jumping around, I mean, she was a she went through all these orphanages that kept on passing around. And eventually she lands in a place where her, the people that adopted her call this mutant police on her to mm-hmm. kill her. To kill her, and, yeah. And and she and throughout this show, she keeps on screaming at everybody to stop treating her like a kid. Which I'm on her side because at this point, she she's like, I want somebody to just tell me as it is. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all I want because like I've already had to suffer through these these this shit where people are trying to kill me you know what I mean it's it's like like she's
0: already been forced to grow up so quickly because of the situation that she's lived through so it's like the least they can do is respect her but it's also like I feel like by the end of the show she kind of gets that like maybe not with Jubilee's fairy tale theater but like in the final episode like she's there with them like Everything is about <laughs> about as equal oh, yeah. as it possibly could be as far as Jubilee is concerned, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's true. And I, I think a character that deals really well with trauma on the show is actually Storm because she keeps on experiencing it not only throughout the show, but she already had it previously before this show mm-hmm. even started. And they acknowledge that all the time. They're like, oh, don't forget about like Storm's claustrophobia. Like, oh, don't forget about this thing that happened to Storm. Mm-hmm. Like, be careful when you like address that. And then some other fucked up shit will happen to her where she like i don't know slave island uh, all the shit where she goes off into another planet and you know she comes out of it and she deals with it but i think she deals with it by addressing it and like she actually does want to heal herself and i think wolverine is on the arc too but he's not nearly as good about it which is why i like them together but wolverine always keeps on leaving to go find himself and 90 percent of the time it's just him like meditating on a cliff somewhere
0: Mm mm-hmm i mean it doesn't help that professor x is like terrible at therapy and luckily Storm. <laughs> he just goes
1: and like moves shit around but doesn't actually do anything doesn't do
0: anything. i feel like at least storm like doesn't work
1: like saber to like, his brain it was just like fucking like weird tripping <laughs> monsters and shit i don't know um what was yeah. he gonna say uh one more there was uh, related to trauma oh cyclops does not deal with his trauma at all in the show no
0: he doesn't i mean there is that one killgrave episode which was actually really good the killgrave thing where he like revisits oh, yeah. the orphanage where he grew up i mean i felt like that was actually a pretty interesting scott episode however it's the only example i can think of that sort of delves into what scott's deal was and is I mean, as a person i don't even know i mean we already went to Westworld. <laughs> yeah that was a fucking stupid episode um, so i mean yeah episode... i mean, he's kind of an unexplored character okay, in some ways
1: wait where we in line does the gambit episode even fall to? is it good or bad because we enjoyed Certainly
0: yours yeah we enjoyed know. it I, we genuinely gonna...
1: enjoyed it because it was so fucking bonkers i'm like, gonna
0: say it's bad i'm gonna say that episode is not good according to any but metric. we enjoyed it <laughs> but we enjoyed it and Cyclops' westworld episode which i forget the title of is a similar similar case because it's yeah. like it's so fucking silly
1: all right so we'll jump into some fun stuff before we wrap up here um first of all just to, to get a jump into this can you name all the characters wolverine fucked or got fucked by on this show oh
0: my god ah. okay uh, i don't
1: know if i can like I okay so
0: i'm sure i can't omega red um i was gonna say
1: start, we just start with him Gambit, silver fox
0: Gambit, silver fox lady death strike gene cyclops, cyclops beast. beast storm nightcrawler oh, yeah. Nike, uh, oh, I did almost we forgot say saber is that too uh, I mean, no I, we didn't which is oh funny God, that what? we didn't okay. say saber uh, uh
1: okay that chick morph? that was uh, morph but the chick that was in france that was like oh Monsieur. <laughs> oh <laughs>
0: yeah i forget her name but yeah they definitely oh, and also
1: also that like the the woman in japan that <laughs> i don't know what her deal was like Marika? at the end There's. she No, it wasn't Mariko. The
0: other... The the Lotus and the Steel woman. Yeah, when she's just like... She's like,
1: hello, Logan. And then, like... She, like, makes out with him hardcore at the end. Jubal's like, what the fuck was that?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember her name, and I don't even think the episode remembered her name. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, did we get them all? I, I'm trying to think if there's anybody I feel else. Like, oh my God,
1: we're probably missing somebody, and somebody's going to write in and be like, uh, hello. I mean, oh, cable. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about cable. That was a good one when he threw the bucket of water on his face.
0: Yeah, that was great.
1: <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoy that Logan is just essentially this weird stand in for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I don't mm-hmm,
0: know. Mm hmm. He has a lot of exes and he has to write them (laughs) himself.
1: So after watching the series, how do we feel about the Fox films?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't feel great about Brian Singer as a person. We say that every time, but it's always worth saying again. I know. Um, All the allegations about him are horrifying and that's that so there's that and i I don't i do feel like that taints even the first fox films for me um as much as i like them and i know that there were other people creatively involved with those films and so i'd rather credit them like the actors performances are still really good and so on and so forth Uh, i do still like the first two fox films we certainly we did episodes about them on the show people remember but i don't I don't know. I mean, after that. I
1: don't like that the Fox films just watched, I don't know, five episodes of this show. And they're like, we get the X-Men now. Yeah. And it was sort of like, do you, though? Like, how, many, how much of that the fucking films were pulled from? everything that one apocalypse like all, seemingly, episode.
0: seemingly simon kimberg and brian singer watched every episode of this show remember six comic. of them that they really liked made movies based on those six episodes over and over again and then that For 20 was years. it and it was like what that,
1: are you doing
0: i feel like they got away with it because this show was so popular and th- that's really what people wanted was like a live action version of this show but that's, so that's what ways. it was originally
1: cast as and we talked about potentially doing an episode where you me and todd sit down and read the two original drafts of the script, which we
0: may still do that at some point. Cause that would be, fun. I, I mean, we
1: probably will because I think it will be fun, but also those original scripts involved the seven X-Men from this show because it was supposed to be a live action adaption of that. It, it's Which just I, weird. I,
0: I understand that because like it's undeniable that this show was what made the x-men famous like the comics were popular as well but this show really elevated it to a wider audience and got more people to circle back and read the comics and so on and so forth and also this show pretty clearly led to the live-action movies that's true and the popularity of those movies and those movies went to this show in order to like base everything on because they knew that people saw this show so like right it's a circle and this show is, is it's clearly, not the circle of
1: life though no
0: it's not the circle of life it's more like the circle of x-men the animated series being for a lot of people the only version of the x-men that they're really familiar with and yeah that's fine there's nothing wrong with that it's a great version of the x-men and we we love the show we really enjoy it but it's also it's it's in re-watching this show i feel like we've noticed the failings of the live action films so much more because they borrowed so much from this show yeah so it's so much easier to see and they they it's, that's, that up.
1: was basically why I asked that too, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I felt like we learned a lot about that via rewatching yeah, this through critical lens. And, and like, just we're being like, oh, wow, well, here's
0: the fucking live action movies right here. I, again,
1: like yeah. even you remember that t- that episode, I think it was episode two, where it's Wolverine and Cyclops in the bar, and the whole bar scene happens from yes. X Men 1. Which and is, and we're is like, a okay. great
0: scene on this show and on X Men 1, but it's also like come on guys like i don't know read some comics <sighs> we'll find out
1: what the mcu does whenever the mcu can create movies again i mean mm-hmm. we're on hiatus for everything right now it's but okay I don't know. we need a
0: lot of time on this show to get caught up to them anyway I mean, so. yeah,
1: yeah i know by the time the pandemic is over we might be like a quarter of the way there
0: yeah who knows who knows i don't know
1: Uh, If you could put any three characters who appeared on this show onto a team of yours based on how they were in X-Men, the animated series, who would it be? And it doesn't need to be just the characters that are on the X-Men. And it's a tough one because I don't think I even like I can't. I don't know who I would choose either.
0: <laughs> oh, so like it can be character, like it doesn't have to be X-Men. It could be like Moira McTaggart or like something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 Right, yeah. Which makes it a little bit easier or harder. Or harder, I, don't know. I would
0: say, because then I'm like, man, I can only choose three characters. Okay, so I, I'm just gonna like choose the easiest answers to all this because otherwise we'll be here all day. I yeah. feel like what I really want Is a version of Jubilee that's as cool as she is on the show, a version of Storm that's as cool as she's on the show, and a version of Rogue that is once again as cool as she is on the show. Like I'm saying the three female characters who are my favorite characters on the show. Everyone is expecting this. No one is surprised by this answer, but you know what? I want the (laughs) movies to fucking do this. And I mean, am I wrong here? I feel like we've already gotten great portrayals of Wolverine, yeah. Xavier, and I feel like even Cyclops has been like pretty cool in the movies. Not everybody agrees, but I feel like he, James Marsden really seems like Cyclops to me. So like, whatever. But, and even Jean, like, you know, Dark Phoenix has been fucked up so many times, but at this point I moved on with my life. I don't even fucking care anymore. I don't want them I to know, keep doing I mean, like,
1: it. how bad, how bad was that? And that I was feel like... like
0: Mystique was also really cool in the first couple live action movies. However, I don't feel like Storm's gotten her due. Or rogue or Jubilee. So that's my take. How about you?
1: So I don't know why, but I really would enjoy this version of Cable on a team, I think, oh, okay. for whatever reason. I I I enjoyed him as a character, but I feel like he's a little bit more put together on this show than he is in the comic books. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. Definitely Beast. I think Beast would be a good character to have on my team and probably I don't know. It's like it's a time I, I feel like it's so either Wolverine or Jubilee, it's one of those two. I, I wish like I didn't you have to gotta pick, pick
0: Jubilee because again, I feel like Wolverine has had so much good representation. I mean, I, I love agree. Wolverine, but I'm like, so does everybody and he's had so many good adaptations already but jubilee really hasn't <laughs> like, i agree I mean, so how, cool. how great would
1: it be to have like a random episode that's a cable beast jubilee that would
0: up rule that would freaking wouldn't it, rule though?
1: Yeah. because you know how cable is very much the straight man to all these characters but also he like Says ridiculous things like, "Well, in the war, are my future, nothing ex- exists except for death and shadows." And yeah, we're like, and "Okay, Jubilee's thanks, In the Cable. background,
0: like, "Well, do they have pepperoni in the future or whatever?" Like, and, like, "Yeah, I know, right?" And Beast, <laughs> Beast is, like, is there, like, quoting hamlet and he's like,
1: "Not listening." I don't yeah. know. I would really enjoy that team up. I, I yeah. don't know why. I think it just would be entertaining. I don't know
0: why that would happen, but I, I feel like that trio would be hilarious, and I hope it happens in some form at some point.
1: Oh uh, yeah. So this is, this is, it should be an easy question, but basically there has been a rumor going on forever. Now that X-Men, the animated series will get a six season on Disney yeah, plus at some point. I,
0: keep I don't seeing know what's and yeah. I don't
1: know what's going to happen if that does, but if it were to continue sort of like, what would you want to see them adapt in, in terms of storylines? Do you would not want to see them continue where that we left off? Do we want to see them leap forward in time? Do you want to see them do a slow crawl forward with all all the storylines that they never touched on
0: mm-hmm. or
1: would you it, and also like if you could expand the cast a little bit like who would you put into that team to increase the dynamic basically mm. um and Those I, are good I think questions yeah and i i don't really know i feel like at the end of this season the last season mm-hmm we were left off all this stuff with the white awake and what could happen and i really kind of want to see what happens in this world where magneto is running the x-men because he yeah. just died and now the entire world is looking at mutants because they're writing and protesting
0: so is your answer that you would want it to just pick up basically exactly where it left off but like that same time period like set in an alternate version of the 90s and so on yeah
1: pretty much and also sort of see the new mutants get involved because we just had met cannonball so it mm-hmm. would like see them sort of form in, me and, in the like, background and like by this
0: point Jubilee is like old enough hopefully that she would finally get to kind of participate in things more and that would be cool yeah
1: although I'd say, at the same time i feel like at this point if they were to continue it they would have to introduce kitty pride to some degree cuz she's such a big a big component
0: yeah, and, and I feel like other characters, like X-23 is so much more popular now that I'm like, it's hard to imagine like not like, having somebody that Where would she like fit into this universe, though? I, I don't though? really know. I, like, that's part of what's hard to answer about this because I'm like, I would want it to continue where it would leave off because we just finished the show and I feel like it ended on such a cliffhanger that there's a part of me that's like, I just want to go back and like see Magneto leading this specific team and like see where it goes. But I'm also like, you can't go back, really. Because like- yeah. We aren't in the 90s anymore. So much shit has happened. Would it be a period piece that would be set in that version of the 90s? And it would like try to be about that. But like anybody watching it in 2020 or the 2020s, if it came out in the future, would be comparing it to our reality and like also the comics that have happened since then. And I don't know. It would just be really weird. Plus, like Gene is still alive. So i don't yeah. know how you handle that i i feel like doing a sixth season of the show presents a lot of complications it's not to say i wouldn't absolutely watch it if they did it but i'm like it's not it would not be easy it would be it would be tough to know like who to include and how to do it you know
1: i agree and i think i i, I know at one point they did uh a comic book that was sort of like a continuation of that uh there were a couple though there was x-men 92 and then i, th- I think there was a, a continuation of, like there was two series i think there was a short one and then there was a, a a slightly longer one that expanded on the 90s universe um i don't Mm -hmm. remember what happened in them but i would love to see them bring emma frost back and try to put their version of emma frost in there where she then joins the x-men on their team and see how that would work uh because she is such a main player now uh Mm -hmm. in the same way where x23 is also a main player and you're like okay how would this work um, I would love to see more cameos by other characters like Psylocke and all the originals and maybe have them join eventually but I don't know if it would mess like up the have dynamic. Or like
0: Iceman come back and like not be a mass murderer. <laughs> I
1: mean I, I know I would like I would genuinely like to see Archangel, Iceman, Nightcrawler and Psylocke officially join the team alongside Kitty mm-hmm. Pride because I feel like those are the quintessential original x men right there. That's sort
0: of what I'm talking myself into. Like in this in this hypothetical if they did a season 6, I'm kind of like, what if you just do a flash forward and you like yeah. refer back to all of these things that happened but you set it in the present day. Yeah. And you you invent a version of the world where like the things that happened in the intervening 20 years like yes, Magneto did lead the x men and then all these other things happen and you like take from the comics where you want to, but then you still put it in the present day. You put in Emma Frost, you put in X23, put in kitty whatever whoever you want to put in but like it's based on the climate of the cartoon from the 90s but it's like through a modern lens i think that could be really interesting i think it could be really interesting too i don't think they would actually do that i know that rumor has been going around but i feel like What's more likely would be maybe they just, just a reboot a whole new show. or like I know. a different re-envisioning of it where it's like, it seems like it's a time jump that's kind of based on this world, but there would be some changes. Like sort of um uh, reboot remake kind of a situation I can well, see happening. They,
1: I mean, if they did something kind of like they did with Young Justice and right. Justice the Unlimited where those, those two universes did turn out to be connected, but it was so... Like, you know, you knew it was flash forward in time, but they didn't really spend a lot of time thinking on that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, something like that, I think, could be interesting. And I've talked before about how the idea of, like, a Young Justice cartoon about X-Men teens would be, like, pretty cool to watch now. Yeah. But I I don't know if they would actually... Make that. I, I mean, mean I,
1: I would love to see an X-Men show that has the animation level of or the level of animation for fight scenes that Justice has. Saying.
0: Oh, yeah, that would be freaking awesome. I feel like the other thing about it is that that seems more likely to happen now in COVID-19 than it would have been previously because animation is like one of the few things that people can still do yeah so like if you asked me six months ago like are they going to reboot this i'd be like it takes years to make a cartoon like why would they be doing that they're going to be focusing on the mcu like they will be allocating resources towards live action x-men properties and rebooting that but at this point i'm like well they can't really do that right now so like maybe they're going to spend some money on an animation team like, well, maybe, maybe we have can hope so. i don't know i don't know i don't know anything i hope so
1: that, that's a good point. I didn't even really think about that, but that is a solid point. So would you recommend this show, this show to new viewers? I, I certainly would. I feel like I,
0: I definitely would. I already have. I mean, yeah. even over the course of us watching it, I've been like, people should watch this show. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know I, they
1: have. And they have listened. And I think our listeners should write in and talk about that, too. But before we get to that, uh, just one last question. Is Sabretooth Wolverine's ex, dad or brother?
0: Oh, OK. <laughs> I think on this show, they're exes. Okay. I'll say that. I'll say I that too. I know that's that fair. that is okay. not the case in the comics. I know I, I mean,
1: the comics can't even keep track of what's going on with them. The comics
0: can't track of it, and it's weird. I, that, and that's, I that's, don't a, even that's like the same kind of question
1: sitting there being like, oh, does Wolverine have amnesia or not?
0: Ugh. This <laughs> show truly doesn't know the answer to that but the show is consistent on one point and that is that Sabretooth and wolverine are exes and they that are not true. over each other
1: <laughs> they want so each other badly
0: that's the answer to that question
1: uh so i would love for our listeners to write in and tell mm-hmm. us what they thought about x-men the animated series to tell us your thoughts and your perspectives and also maybe things you disagree with us on or things that you really agree with us on and maybe points that you want to make that maybe you thought we hit or missed during our recap of this before we jump to X-Men Evolution. You can do that by emailing us at the mutantages at gmail.com. I guess yes. I just, we have to do all the plugs. I just realized that. Yeah, we do.
0: <laughs> so the other thing that you can use to contact us and just tell us your thoughts or, or whatever you you may have um, is social media. So we have every form of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Pinterest, I don't know if I said them all, but we've got them all. And we're the Mutant Ages on all of them. And we're also individually on a lot of those platforms. I'm at Mindy Myers in all those places.
1: I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Ryan.pagella on Instagram. And you can follow my YouTube channel at Ryan Pagella for our further vlog adventures, uh, including yes, Disney World can. and other stuff. And you can go to our regular YouTube channel for the Mutant Ages. Subscribe to us there because we're playing through every video game that we Yes. That are that Every is X-Men, X-Men related. Game. And we yes. do X Men parodies and sometimes we match up the animation with the cartoons to the voices of our show. And mm-hmm. sometimes we like release some other fun videos of us like I don't know, reacting to old X-Men movies we made when we were children. That's a fun thing.
0: Yeah. Um, so that's worth subscribing to the YouTube channel for. Yeah,
1: And if you want to also contact us beyond email, you can do that for our next listener bag. That's just coming in a couple of weeks. And that's, you can email us again at the at ages at gmail.com, or you can call us at One five zero eight. 319-1668. and if you want to send us physical mail, you know I don't even know when you send fan art, letters, Mister Sinister mm-hmm. action figures, you can send postcards. them to yeah postcards. You can send them to P.O. Box three three four four, natick Massachusetts 01760. and I will sterilize anything that comes in. No offense, that's just what we have to do right now, and mm-hmm. also. Uh, you can find all that at the mutantages.com.
0: Yes, yes. And if you like everything that we do and you have some spare change floating around somewhere in your back pocket, yeah. consider going to Patreon.com slash TheMutantAges and subscribing and getting some more content for your buck, by the way. You'll get some bonus episodes, podcast episodes, bonus videos, bonus show notes from ryan just just a bunch of fun bonus stuff from us and uh it's it's definitely worth supporting the show if you can because we really appreciate that additional income in order to keep the show going and obviously we're doing a bunch of extra work lately but it's because we love you and we love the show and we really appreciate those patreon supporters yeah um also the highest tier patreon supporters get a shout out on the show We actually have a new highest tier donor who joined that tier after we recorded this. So shout out to Zach S.
1: We have a big thank you to them. Soren B, Samuel B and Ian C. Thank you so much for being our top tier Patreon supporters. And I want to remind everybody that we are a completely fan supported show.
0: We don't have sponsors. We don't have ads. (laughs) Nope.
1: It's by the fans for the fans. And also, you know, it, it helps by supporting Patreon. You help us out just for us and also for the show and that's a mm-hmm. huge it's a huge help and if you yep. can't help us that way please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or whatever program that you listen to us on if you don't mm-hmm. want to leave a review leave us a star rating that will help increase our visibility so people can find us
0: yes did we do it
1: i think so we did it we did do it and so uh just to follow up what you guys can be expecting next cuz typically we tell you what the next episode we're going to watch is um so you can prepare yourselves because in three weeks from now we will be watching x-men origins wolverine um and in two (laughs) weeks from now we'll be doing a reader mailbag but next week we have a special episode uh surprise where we actually (laughs) will be sitting down with cal dodd who does the voice of wolverine from x-men the animated series
0: we finally called wolverine everybody we called him
1: turns out we had to call him (laughs)
0: <laughs> he didn't call us we called him no we did call wolverine and I, I feel like that's about as good as it gets when it comes to this show so yeah people can look forward to that it was a really fun conversation um and so folks can enjoy hearing us talk to him about what it was like to voice wolverine on that show
1: yep oh wait i just said we're going to x-men origins in three weeks actually no we have to after our reader mail we have two spider-man episodes and then we x-men do. origins it's so you, true. you guys it's have true. like a month before we have to deal with that although yeah, i'm we excited have to, to watch psych it.
0: ourselves up for X-Men We have War- to tell- Todd,
1: we have uh, we have just know, let we Todd know that to, it's gonna take us like another month to get there, and I don't think we need to
0: put that date on the calendar. I need to reserve like seventeen hours to edit whatever bullshit we end up recording, but that's on us to figure out. Yes, everybody, just you know, look forward to that Cal Dot episode and uh that listener mail episode, yeah. and and until then, uh we'll see you next time. See you next
1: time. The Cable time travel is there. He's like, no, I'm busy throwing the water on you in bed right now. And I'm like, can you imagine me be like, I know he's like throwing water on my face. I was like, actually, Orange is Wolverine. He'd be like, what the fuck are you saying?